I'm really excited to have my next guest with me. This is Sky Cohen. She is a professional creator on YouTube who documents her experiments of wellness, spirituality, alternative lifestyle. Her mission is to inspire people to move from judgment to curiosity. If you like her, search her on YouTube for Sky Life. Welcome to Noble Warrior Sky. Woo! I'm so excited to be here. So this <laughs> is live. People are this watching this live? That's right. That's right. Oh, wow. The going pressure live right on. now. We're going on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, where else? LinkedIn. Wait, so, this is so everywhere. cool. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Live in action. So before we started this conversation, we had just talked about what it takes to actually, you know what, before we go there, I'm curious yeah. about the symbols on your, uh, banner, a hummingbird oh. and a butterfly. Tell me about that. Is it just pure aesthetics or oh is there God. a symbolism behind it? Great question. Nobody's ever asked me about that. So they are symbols that represent my grandmothers actually, but on both sides who have passed mm. hummingbird on, um, for, my dad's mom and the butterfly is my mom's mom. And mm -hmm. they're just representations of the, the angels that are always with me. So mm. yeah, I just like those symbols and I didn't really know what to make my banner and I was just playing around and in Canva and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Well, I mean, butterfly is a symbol of transformation and exactly. I don't know if you know this hummingbird, it's also a symbol of transformation, especially in the plant medicine circles. Did you know yeah. that? So I did know some of the symbolism, um, which mm -hmm. I also think is very fitting for what I'm doing on my channel. So yeah, they mean many things. Mm -hmm. Well, you're, from my perspective, a professional seeker. You know, you're living the dream life of going from transformation experience to transformation experience, mm -hmm. and you're sharing your experience in a public way such that other can learn from you. So in many ways, you're living the dream of many seekers. Well, what do you have to say about that regarding the professional life of being a seeker? Wow. Yeah, I guess that is what I do. A professional seeker. I like that. Um, well, I didn't really plan to do that, but that's just what it's become. So, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I just love storytelling. I love that art form. And I also do have this deep desire and curiosity to learn about life and to dive into all of the mystery within this experience. And that really started in exploring the physical body and how to optimize physical well-being and then it went down this path of spiritual well-being and how to really understand the soul and like what what we're doing here and what's beyond um just this physical reality and and so throughout doing my youtube channel it's really just been a pursuit of my curiosity and then that's turned into, I, I guess, being a professional seeker. And it's really cool that you're saying you're kind of living the dream. I'm like, I kind of am right now, but I don't always think about that because we can get so wrapped up in 
all of the challenges that come with everything in life. And mm -hmm. part of part of the process is actually accepting all of it. And um and then coming back to gratitude for just the experience, the experience, mm -hmm. the process and falling in love with the process and not the destination. Mm. Okay. So the reason why I even brought it up, the professional seeker side, you didn't say this, I said it, is yeah. in your YouTube trailer, you had shared very briefly of how grateful you are yeah. living and surrounding yourself with people that you love, experiencing these once in a lifetime adventures and how just, you don't know how to articulate it, but just how grateful you are. Right. Um, and this is what you do. Right. <laughs> so how do you put yourself in that space of gratitude versus getting into the day-to-day -day logistics or not finding the right location, the right lighting, like little things like that, and just be in gratitude. Yeah. Okay. So it's definitely the easiest when I'm in the experience, even though when there's production happening, there's always things that, that come up that go wrong that you have to problem solve. But I, I like that. I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I just spent a lot of time editing a video. And, and so in that process, I'm less grateful, maybe. Yep. Um, even though I love editing, it's uh, an art form that I love. I just have done it so much and so often. And being behind a screen for an extended amount of time is not something I think most human beings are actually used to. Mm -hmm. um, so, but, but getting into gratitude for me actually has been a learned skill in a way because i definitely had a period of time in my life where i felt pretty depressed pretty lost pretty uh stressed and it was actually through learning gratitude practice they started to tap into that and i do think that with when it comes to how we want to feel it's pretty similar to the practice of of working out for example if we want our physical body to feel good then we need to do certain things consistently if we want our mental state to be well then we have to do certain things consistently and so i think um that's something that i actively practice is mm -hmm. mental health and and gratitude is a huge part of that um and then when i'm going on these adventures it is very easy to tap into those states because there is just so much fun to be had and it mm -hmm. is so exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I don't want to dwell on this, but this is important because mm -hmm. from my perspective, you are living a dream because you are going from peak experience from to peak experience. Yeah. And, and by contrast, the video editing seems very mundane, right? Just by based on contrast. So, so therefore, I, I think it's even more important to cultivate, you know, here's the ordinary moment. I'm freaking staring at whatever software you use to edit this epic story that I just made is as mundane as it gets. Oh my God, this is make, you know, exporting for the third time it fails or whatever the <laughs> little thing that happens. So then how in those micro moments, how do you bring back gratitude during the mundane moments like that? Yeah. So really it comes down to actually being excited about the challenge because if life was easy, it wouldn't actually be fun. So I think 
when it comes to all the little challenges that come up or even in mundane challenges that there's a level of of excitement that you can bring to it um that is treating things like a game i think gamifying life can be really fun to play with because we don't really know what is happening here so might as well have fun with it and i think that's a realization i i sort of had in the last six months like life is kind of like a game and what makes games fun well that there's actually challenge involved and we have to problem solve and figure things out so if you can fall in love with that part of it then it's easier to be grateful even when things aren't going your way so i'm going to push you a little bit if you don't mind sure so so life is a game it's an overall concept love it in the middle of editing it's frustrating like i'm gonna do this 500 times because i, I edit as well so <laughs> i have a little bit of empathy understanding that uh-huh. right so that so that in that moment of frustration or or mom you know autumn perhaps what do you say to yourself oh this is a game i'm gonna get x you know experience points from that or like what do you do in those moments i'm zooming in that in those yeah. moments there's nothing to fix it. There's nothing to do. Uh-huh. It's totally cool to experience frustration and experience whatever you're experiencing. I think mm-hmm. the more you can completely accept what you're experiencing, mm-hmm. realizing that as human beings, that's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. I think then when you start to fully accept it, then it doesn't have so much wait because if there's resistance i mean there's mm-hmm. always going to be some level of resistance but it's in the resisting that i think there is a lot more buildup of stress that's created and when you just let things pass through like mm-hmm. i'm totally fine with like yelling <laughs> or like punching a pillow if i need to <laughs> in the process of editing good the good 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 okay yeah. good great so what I'm hearing is there's a level of surrendering because what yeah. it comes to video creation, editing is a part of it. There's no finished product without editing. So editing comes with the territory. There is the payoff, but then there is the quote unquote cost. So yeah. you, so you've surrendered to that, to this profession that you've chosen. Is that an accurate reflection? Yeah. And with anything you do, there's always going to be trade-offs. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be parts of it that you may not be as excited about, even though the editing thing is like, it's just been a such a journey because that's something I've even been outsourcing in a way, but I'm still doing it. Like I'm not totally to the point where I have somebody editing all my videos. It just hasn't happened in that way yet. And so, um, <laughs> like, but it's a, something I love. Like, it's like artists, who maybe are working on a specific piece of art for a long time and then they're looking at it so much and they're like oh my god I can't look at this anymore but like they're still in love with the process of creating video creation is an art form in and of itself and I I think that creation of any kind if you're doing any creative work it's pretty much like the process of giving birth not (laughs) 
there's nothing that compares to giving birth. I think that's the ultimate creation process that exists here in this earthly realm. But think about when you're creating a piece of, of art, like the ideation phase um, is, is exciting. And usually it's full of lots of ideas. And then when you start getting into the nitty gritty, it starts to get a lot more like pressure and it's like a birth canal where you're like trying to push this idea <laughs> through this like tight space and there's so many things that build up and so much pressure builds up and you're like ah! and then it when it's done and created it's like ah so rewarding and exciting mm -hmm. and fulfilling and so i've just accepted that Mm. You know, when I'm making a video, it's like I'm giving birth every time. So it's not always going to be comfortable. Mm. I like that. Uh, I don't think I've ever used the, I mean, I get the metaphor and this right. is actually because everything that we see in the world is started with an idea in the mind before we manifest into 3D reality. So there is that process, but I would never go into the graphical details of like you know, birth canal and pressure and all that. I think that's very fitting. Thank you for that. I love yeah, it. For sure. That just came to me one day when I was like completely done with this. I was, I was making a video and I think I just had that epiphany, like, oh, I'm giving birth to this idea and it's okay that it's not comfortable in this moment. Mm. So. Mm. Um, okay. So let me, let me ask you this question. There are two schools of thought when it comes to pursue one's passion. One school of thought is Derek Seaver says, hey, separate your passion and your work, what you do for money, because you don't want to collude them. That's one school of thought. Another school of thought is Joseph Campbell, right? Follow your bliss. If you combine your passion and your work, then you never have to work again in your life. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts around those two schools of thought? Hmm. Well, I definitely combined my passion and what I do for work. That's just the way that I desire to live right now. But I think it's going to be different for everybody. And there's no right or wrong. I mean, personally, I would like to live my life where every day I spend doing something I enjoy and I love and that I'm passionate and excited about. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to spend a portion of your life and your day doing something that makes you a living to then spend your nights and your weekends for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just two different paths and two different ways to experience life. So I think it's up to the individual to decide what they want to do there. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, that was a very diplomatic answer. I appreciate that. Uh, it's how but, I feel, yeah. Yeah. But as at this stage in your life for you, it's yeah. definitely more combining of the passion and work right now. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but you have to have boundaries too, I think, for sure. Like mm. that's important. I mean, maybe, maybe not. For me, I have to have boundaries mm -hmm. around things that I do just for myself that I don't mm. document that. I spend time completely disconnected from technology. And then I have a, a lot of my life that I do document and it just depends on the situation. But I think boundaries are important um, in general <laughs> with anything. Um, but I have also like had the fantasy of like, well, maybe it would be easier if 
I just was like working a job that I enjoyed, but it wasn't like my deepest passion, but it's like, oh, I enjoy this job. I'm going to work nine to five. And then I have the nights and the weekends for me and it's totally separate. And that seems kind of nice. That seems like simple and like a really nice way to live. Cause when you start getting, combining your passion and what you do for work, like it could be really emotionally intense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's definitely the case for the videos that I make. Cause there's like deep, um, healing processes that I document mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. get super emotional. And mm-hmm. then that's just like generally can be intense, um, overall. Yeah. I mean, tra- going through a transformational process is difficult enough. Uh, and now you're professionalizing and now you're doing it in public effectively. Right. Uh, it's very admirable. I appreciate the courage. I appreciate the generosity that you have to make your process public. So, um, what, what are some of the surprises when it comes to, you know, making your own transformational process public? Surprises. Hmm. Yeah. Um, like a happy accident, right? Hey, I never thought, you know, by doing this in public, I would have gotten this benefit or something. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I think the biggest thing that has been happening is that I, I feel less crazy <laughs> because people, when I post something that I think I'm concerned if people are going to think this is absolutely nuts, I am always completely pleasantly surprised at the overwhelming amount of response I get where people deeply resonate and feel like they can relate and they feel like, wow, I've seen this comment a lot um, or message to me a lot is, oh my gosh, I went through something so similar. I feel so not alone here. Thank you for sharing this or this created such an awakening within me and I didn't know I needed this or I didn't know that this video would help me awaken Mm. in a new way. So that happens all the time. And then it makes it like really helps me understand that this is, it it helps bring me back to why I do this and why I make these videos in the first place Mm. um, is for that purpose. But sometimes like there have been videos that I'm like, oh God, do I really want to post this on the internet? And then I'm always so surprised at how deeply people connect with them. Do you mind concretize that a little bit? What's what's one video that you really just struggle to, you know, before <laughs> a lot of anxiety before you hit post? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, what's yeah, one example sure. of that? So I did a video going, I wanted to explore. So I've been really interested in the topic of extraterrestrials, aliens, life elsewhere, UFOs. And I had done some videos about it. And then I had done some research, you know, on this topic, but um, there's this one woman who I made a video about who basically claims that she sort of really connects with this one star system of aliens. Right. And so going into it, I'm super skeptical, um, but I'm really curious. And 
her as a person, like aside from the alien thing, she's extremely magnetic and just like, wow, what is going on with this girl? She looks like an alien. Like there's something that I need to understand about this person. I just had this deep curiosity about her. And this is like a part of what she does is she channels this thing called light language. And it's a language that's beyond, um, it's beyond human language. It's like you're channeling the codes of your soul through sounds. Um, and she specifically has connections, she says, with uh, the the extraterrestrial group called Arcturians or whatever. I, I don't know all the like different groups and species of aliens, but she she you know talks about this openly. So I went into it just really wanting to understand like who she is and really skeptical but also really curious and when I go into these videos that's like a big thing is how do I keep an open mind like it's okay to be skeptical it's okay to have judgment but how can I start keeping an open mind and shifting that into curiosity to get the most out of the experience because mm -hmm. if you go into experience with and you have walls up like what are you going to learn mm -hmm. I mean you're going to come out the same way that you went in like oh I mean, so that's a big, big part of, of the videos that I create. And so <laughs> I went into this not knowing what we were going to do. She's like very vague about what she wanted to do with me. And she basically set up this whole like healing portal where she did a sound bath. And then she wanted to help me start channeling light language. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, there's no way I've never done this before. I've how how am I gonna channel this weird <laughs> mm -hmm. cosmic language? And it's completely not what I thought it was, first of all. But the way she describes it is it's like you're allowing, you're getting out of the analytical mind. So that's hence why we do like sound bath, deep meditation. You're in like a channeled um, container to do this practice. And people only see like a tiny clip of the videos, but usually these sessions are, you know, they're at least over an hour long. We were in there for like two hours and then you're, it's getting edited down to like a tiny part. But anyways, um, so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to be open, I guess, to doing this. And the way she describes it is light language is that you are clearing away the analytical mind. You're just putting that aside. You're entering into this sacred safe container to allow sound to move through you in a way that is deeply connected to your soul and to a higher life form of expression. Um, and so anyways, I did not expect anything to happen during this, but I just let myself kind of like go with it. And then this, like all this sound, I, at first it was stuck. You can see in the video, I was like, like I couldn't get it out and then it was just a word vomit of this weird language I've never spoke before and it was the most healing experience where mm. I felt like I finally could express what I was feeling on the deepest way in a way mm. I've never been able to express before. in that language yes mm. and we were having a whole conversation her in her language, me and my language, and we completely understood we, what each other was saying mm. and on like such a deep level. And it was so beautiful and so emotional. And it, it brought me to tears. Like I was having a full throat chakra healing 
in a way. Mm. And it looks like absolutely crazy. Um, so, but that's what happened. And so I always want to share like the truth of what happened. So I was terrified to post that video and because I talked, even talked to her, Heather, her name's Heather. She, her um, channel is activation vibration. And I was talking to her before being like, I don't know if I can do this. And she helped support me to have the courage to actually post it. And then uh, when how I did she do that? How did she do that? I can't even remember. She was like, this was a while ago, probably like a year ago. She sure. was just, she just, she was like, you're going to be so surprised at like the response and, and how much people need this. Mm. And it was just like a, a trust thing. Mm. And she just has a way she's like such a mystical being. Um, mm. yeah, she's incredible. So anyways, I post the video and then believe it or not, I have all these people being like, oh my God, like this was, has been happening to me and I haven't told anybody. And I was so scared to share this, but I had something similar or, oh my goodness, like this brought me, I have no idea what this is about, but it made, it brought me to tears and this mm. feels so resonant in my soul. And I feel like I need to experience this. And I've had mm. so many people like deeply emotional about this video just sharing their experience with me and mm. how much they could relate and resonate to it. And, and that was not what I was expecting at all. So mm. then it just reminds me, okay, like this is, there's something bigger happening here. There's like a higher power channeling through all of us right now to help us remember truth. And this is part of what you're doing with your channel. So just trust it. Mm. Even when it feels completely insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's extraordinary, right? I would I would use the word extraordinary. You know, it, this is like um, out of the ordinary phenomenon, and and you are an evangelist. You know, you're a skilled storyteller that put a highlight on those extraordinary moments as a way to educate, as a way to inform, as a way to, you know, empower people to empathize, whatever that is. So, what a beautiful thing you do. Thank you. Yeah. Just, just doing it, just showing up, just following the, the curiosity, as I say. Yeah. The way I see it is you're also healing people by proxy, you know, by highlighting your own story, your own healing journey. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of how I see it. How's that? Did you ever set out to do that or that was just accidental? Uh, pretty accidental. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, to an extent, because as I mentioned, when I started, it, I really did have this desire to share information about health and well-being and empower and educate and inspire people to understand um, health and wellness so that they could feel good in their bodies. And it was, but it was so much more like scientific and I would read all this scientific literature and interview experts about um, different health and wellness trends and modalities. And mm -hmm. so I actually guess there was an intention for healing, but it wasn't the way that I'm doing it now where it expands so much bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a much deeper spiritual mm -hmm. uh, exploration than, than just like, okay, health and health and wellness yeah it's 
Yeah. That was accidental because it just led me there. Yeah. So, so tell us about that because that requires a level of faith. It requires a level of openness, mm -hmm. right? To go on the adventure because you didn't set out to do that. And, but you somehow trusted your higher self, your intuition, the, the, the dharmic path, whatever you call this. Right. And now you're here. So tell us a little bit about the journey go, going from scientific research and data driven approach to where you are today. Cause it seems quite, um, quite different. Right. Oh, I think I just got bored. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really what it comes Move down away to. from boredom, move towards curiosity yeah. in, in a nutshell. That's, that's your philosophy. It really just comes down to what is exciting and interesting to me. Uh-huh. And when I get bored, I need to do something crazier. I'm just like, I just want to know like what's going on here. Mm. What's behind this door? Um, so when I kept coming to the same conclusion about mm. these wellness modalities, it was like, okay, I would try out something like uh medicinal mushrooms, which are amazing, like all of the healing mushrooms. And then make a video about it or like some type of diet trend. And I would give my honest opinion on it. Right. And it was the same, same thing every time was like, okay, there's some like good research here. Maybe we need more. Maybe, you know, there's this double blind placebo control clinical trial that set, tells us this, but it's, we probably need more studies. Like we always can use more research and it's amazing. Like, Research is incredible and informs so much. But I just got bored of that. I was like, ah, oh, but like, what's all the stuff that's like that we don't have any research on that people are doing and why? Why are they doing it? Like, mm. you know what I mean? All these ancient modalities that like we don't really have a lot of science on, but like people are still doing them thousands of years later. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. And so let me go try it. And then in our society, we kind of like dismiss that stuff, but. I mean, I'm just too curious not to go explore what's going on there. Mm. I mean, this echoes my own journey, hence why yeah. I'm particularly curious about your story. I think there's some parallel in, in our profession, I guess, professional career. I came from the background of an academic researcher. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a PhD in bioengineering. We, we did all kinds of scientific-based studies and that was my mindset at the time if it's not measurable if there is no data or peer review then you know whatever mm -hmm. and then i just slowly over time now here i am you know doing plant medicine work talk a lot about spirituality we think we talk in consciousness and uh, these type of modalities uh, where there isn't necessarily peer review scientific journals but here I am, right? So hence why your story is particularly uh, interesting to me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is that is really interesting, especially since you have like a an actual uh, PhD. <laughs> I mean, I said an actual, yes. I, I would, I, I, yeah, an actual PhD. <laughs> I was just like researching stuff out of my own desire to learn, but um, I always find that really fascinating. How yeah, there's, I think when it comes down to it, like there's something within all of us that desires to understand the deeper meaning of life and why we're here and what we're doing. And 
it can be so overwhelming that I think it's easy to just shut it out. And it's more convenient to just not really want to go there because then you open up a, a whole can of worms and it's <laughs> like a wild world when you start exploring consciousness and what could possibly be happening. Um, but that's, I, I don't, I don't desire any other way to live at this point. I'm like, Oh, I might as well explore since this is happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how much data do you look at? Or is it more just pure subjective experience these days, less about the consensus reality mm -hmm. rather than just a subjective reality? No, I definitely like to look at, at scientific literature still, depending on what the topic is. Mm -hmm. um, I love researching. Mm. But yeah, it just depends on whatever I'm exploring in the video. Like I did recently uh, ketamine therapy. Mm. And there's some amazing research on that for PTSD mm -hmm. and depression. And so if it exists, I want to look at it. But some of this stuff, like I don't want to not do a video just because we don't have science on mm -hmm. it, science mm -hmm. on it. You know what I mean? Mm. like the light language thing like, i don't think we have much scientific <laughs> literature on that but i that doesn't mean i don't want to go try it yeah so yeah so what determines what videos you want to make someone tells you like hey this is really cool transformational modality mm -hmm. dark room therapy or whatever you call i know you did that recently right like you're like oh i want to try it or is it more like a theme of like hey in this stage of my life i'm looking for healing and whatever right. gut health or something so i'm gonna lean more towards that is there how do you pick and choose what what to do right. next right it really is just what i want to try <laughs> um, <laughs> professional but, seeker <laughs> yeah exactly but i mean there's a big level of like strategy youtube strategy that also comes into it okay so it, tell us more yeah. about that yeah no i mean i definitely have I think about title and thumbnail. I think about if the video has, if I've seen other videos where it's performed well mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. or not, maybe it's like an untapped subject. That doesn't mean it's not a good video to make, but if mm -hmm. there's something that is, I, I don't see the potential for like a strong video, I, maybe I'll do it on my own, mm. but I'm not going to like make a video about it. I see. So pause. So you would, curiosity and then also with the side view or the business view of you know how it's going to perform on youtube and if if you if you are personally interested but there's not a business reason then you you know make a less production version of it for yourself right to journal about yourself but if there is then you add more you know time and production values behind it to for the public is that an accurate reflection so I would say if it's something I, I'm either going to make an amazing video or none at all. So mm. if it's something that I'm curious about, but I don't know if it would make a great video. I'll just do it on my own and I won't document it. I see. Um, but Got then it. if I think it can make a great video, then I'll go all in on the experience and making a great video about it. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't mind, let's dive into that. You know, mm -hmm. as a storyteller, what makes a great video or not? So for me, I, I mean, I think it comes down to first and foremost, the hero's journey is something we all connect with. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking at a video, I have to think, 
is there enough of a hero's journey here to happen mm. where like I can make something that will resonate with people, but I can't ever predict what's going to happen. So that's kind of, that's tough. Like you can't predict and I don't try and script things before I have to go with what actually happens. But for example, the darkness going into a dark room retreat where I was in the dark for a week, mm-hmm. that is definitely a hero's journey in and of itself, just the whole process. And there's going to be a powerful story to share from that, no matter what happens, most likely. So I can kind of guess that there's going to be something of value that would make an amazing video. And it's right now, I mean, people are talking about it. So mm. this is a trending topic in the spiritual mm. niche. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a good, a good video for me to make. Um, mm. But then I also think about characters like I I'm very character driven. I love characters. So that's a whole other way to look what's, at a video. What's is that? It, what does that mean? So, um, so I do videos with some amazing human beings that are just completely uh, eclectic characters kind of living outside the, the box and mm. marking be their own drum. And I love doing videos about specific people. Um, that are these characters that I can, I can tell their stories. So that's another mm. way that I look at what would make a good video. Like it's a video with a woman who's um, this grandmother who's been barefoot for 12 years. She doesn't wear shoes. I and saw that. the whole thing is sharing her mission on connecting people back to the earth through their bare feet. And she is super into earthing and she is a, such a character. So she made an amazing video and that video performs so well. And I just love hanging out with these people because I feel like I learned so much from human beings that are just such, yeah. Like what would life be without these people that are mm. just doing something different? Um, I did a video with a man who, who is a breatharian. He does neat food. He's on like, I saw that too. Fast. And I had my own questions about that. I was like, I don't even know. It's like, is he actually doing this? I want to, answer that question and that's another thing is if there's a good question going into the video like a core Mm. question then i think that that makes a good story so it could be a number of different things but those are like a couple of the top things that i'll look at Mm. so character hero's journey and question yes what's uh thank you for that by the way i i I love that huh because as you're speaking about the darkness, the dark room experience, what also came to mind is what is the primal response? If the primal response is fear, because when you mentioned about seven days in a dark room, yep. that's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh shit, you know, I'm gonna freaked out, right? It's some right, kind of a right, thing. Right, right. You know, yeah, so, so if it's a primal response is a high a peak experience, then to me, that's a signal like, oh, that there's, a story there somehow definitely that's like yeah. i did um extreme colds training with wim hof that's i saw that that's your number one training video yeah so mm-hmm. that's a good example because it's a very primal response like i could die <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 we're all just trying to avoid death <laughs> seek pleasure okay okay so all right so so let's follow that trend that that thought you know for for a moment what about, you know, doing a thing about sauna or doing a thing about extremely constricted space or, yeah, I don't know, 
bright well, light did, or something. Yeah, I did uh, six hours in a float tank. Uh huh. Never, ever will I. I will never do that again. Okay, so tell us about that. Why, why, why wouldn't you do it again? Oh, it was just so uncomfortable, <laughs> painfully uncomfortable, and it's like you're for for me at least you're in and out of these weird dreams and creepy out of body experiences and i mean we also took some lucid dreaming herbs we didn't take anything psychedelic but i did it mm. with these two other um this guy and this girl who work at the ocean lab in austin mm. and they did it with me and the actually one of them was having such intense out of body experiences she had to get out after like two and a half hours. And then me and this guy stayed in overnight, six hours. Mm. And it was just so uncomfortable. And then I learned after that the legal limit is three hours. I didn't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> I completely surpassed that. I, 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 yeah, I just had an idea to like, I, I done floating a couple of times. And, and that's an example where I was like trying to figure out how to make it more of an exciting video concept mm. because every like there's so many videos about sensory deprivation tanks and float tanks and i was like well what would be an interesting twist let's mm -hmm. go in overnight <laughs> let's push the envelope i do not recommend it <laughs> but yeah. i recommend floating for sure for like the normal amount of time that's beautiful but six hours too long for me yeah so i did it for two hours uh-huh and and yeah it was um it didn't resonate. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't something that I'm like, yeah, let's go float again. It's it's definitely not. And I'm I'm a seeker, right? I'm a very committed seeker. So right. that's something that's, uh, that's not for me. So, okay. So let me ask you this follow-up question. As, as someone who is a professional seeker, who's always looking to also to experience it, but also think about it to push the envelope a bit for the performance aspect of it, yeah. How do you balance your authenticity versus just let's 10x this thing as a way to push the yeah. edge? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's not authentic to push the envelope because it's kind of something that I want to do anyways is like find a way to push the envelope just to see what my body can handle. So I don't think it's necessarily inauthentic. But sure. um, yeah, I get what you're asking. But that the, I mean, if you look at YouTube, and if if I want to ha have a successful career on that platform, mm -hmm. like you have to also look at how the game's being played there, and like mm -hmm. figure out how you fit in and how to still align your your mission. Like, how can I align my mission with my videos with also what this platform wants and. Mm -hmm. I, that's part of the fun of it is like finding out the strategy um, because also how you like the, the other thing to consider is when it comes to um, why are, why is somebody going to watch this? Like the whole goal is to get people to watch and, and then from there they have an experience that could open their mind, but if they don't click, they don't watch. So mm -hmm. you got to be thinking about that for sure. Right. So what is your mental model about that? I mean, I get what you're saying, right? The culture of YouTube is 
let's make it as wacky as possible to get the attention, right? This is my impression. This is not your words, my words. (laughs) To capture the attention. So they would do all these crazy stunts as a way to capture that attention. So how, so hence the, the, the dilemma in my mind of staying true, right? On mission, which is to inspire people to pursued a life of curiosity and adventure and wholeness but you need to first capture their attention hence the question what do you think about when you do that well i don't really think i'm not doing things like that that these youtubers are doing i'm not doing like mr b style videos that's not Uh my lane yeah but i'm using like little tiny bits of maybe some of that stuff yeah. to merge it merge it with the topics that I'm doing but I don't really do anything that extreme like the 6 hour flow tank was extreme yeah wim hof was extreme but that that's like an authentic experience that people go to have mm-hmm. in general um like he does training like that for people i mean the one we did was definitely extreme but um yeah i mean again i do come back to the storytelling and because mm-hmm. if it's not going to challenge me, then I don't think it's it's not. I'll just do it on my own. Again, I'm not going to make a video, but it has to challenge me in some way. Like mm-hmm. I've already done a float tank for an hour and a half. Making a video about a float tank is not going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. So what would challenge me? I okay, see. I'll just I like that. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So, okay. So if I'm hearing you right is uh what would challenge me but not so much that i never want to do it again yeah i mean that did made me never want to do it again but i didn't know that going in (laughs) but for example like i did a video where i was blindfolded for 24 hours because i had already made a video about this um circus group and Mm -hmm. um i wanted to do a new angle and i wanted to try circus arts blindfolded so because that Mm -hmm. would be exciting challenge so i just blindfolded myself for you know as a ritual so Mm -hmm. yeah it's just finding little ways to to explore something new and just push the boundary for myself which i think is i kind of think about it that way does that make sense it does Mm -hmm. so in my mind for me and this sounds like for you as well being public is being a transformational path i never actually expected that Right. But being a professional, quote unquote, professional podcaster, you know, video producer is helping me um, being more authentic, mm-hmm. um, helping me embracing my voice, helping me telling my truth, right, in a public way. So I'm curious to know your perspective. How has being a professional seeker changed who you are that you never expected? Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I have a similar experience. I feel that I've been able to unlock a deeper level of my authentic expression through doing this. Mm. And with every video, I just get more and more comfortable being 100% myself and being able to unleash that part of me Mm. that wants to express just for the sake of expressing. Mm. And I have definitely had that experience. I feel like I'm much more able to speak from my heart speak in truth and share from that space and when i first started it was not that way at all i was like so uncomfortable and i had a hard time 
being myself uh, mm -hmm. in general, not just on camera, but like in life. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I feel so grateful that that's been a, a, a huge by, byproduct of mm. doing this career and taking this path. Mm. And now I'm able to, yeah, just be more myself than ever. Mm. Mm. So what would you say to the younger skies listening right now, who is saying to herself or himself, wherever, right? Watching this mm -hmm. that, Oh, what they portray this freedom of full self-expression sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. but I never be able to do that. This is not for me. Right. I'm an introvert. I'm shy, whatever stories they tell themselves or like, I'm a professional. I got to be this certain way. I could never do that in public. What would you say to that person listening right now? Hmm. I would say, okay, it, that's cool. If you want to stay that way, like it's your choice. That's okay. You want to stay introverted. You want to stay the way you are then great if you have a desire in you there's any part of you in you that has a uh, any type of desire to unleash yourself and express then you absolutely can do it and it is a, a skill like anything else mm -hmm. anything can be learned with mm -hmm. consistency and practice and mm -hmm. it just takes baby steps mm -hmm. and then you'll maybe you go a little bit too far and then you're like, okay, <laughs> recalibrate, recalibrate. Yeah, not maybe, probably. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> it's okay. We all yeah. go through that. That's right. Yes. Such is life, the, the beauty of it. So as someone who is a professional seeker, I'm going to keep using that term, right? Who cultivated his courage muscle over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you take really bold quote unquote risks, uh, of sharing and being open and sharing. We're going to talk about that a bit. What would you say to, again, the person listening, what's a, a, a baby step, a micro step, a nano step that they can take to exercise their courage to lean into their discomfort? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I would say that following excitement is really a good is a good place to start because with excitement there's usually some level of fear mm -hmm. so you don't have to jump right to like the thing you're most afraid of mm -hmm. but if you start with something that excites you that maybe like scares you a little bit that's a really good place to start and i would choose one action to take and mm -hmm. just do it <laughs> Do it. That's all. That's all I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I'm learning Portuguese and djembe right now. Okay. So I recently came across a language learning guru mm -hmm. and then he articulated his framework of how to, the, what's the fastest way to learn language and then mm -hmm. be able to converse with a native speaker for 15 minutes. Okay. He said the way to do that is not learning the vocabularies or a grammar or sentence structures or anything like that. How do you learn to converse for 15 minutes as quickly as possible is by having conversations as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. That's, it sounds really simple, but ultimately I, I believe that's the secret to life, right? Whether it's starting a video or starting a business, you 
the fastest way to start doing something like that is just you you do it and you learn it on the go. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Would you do you agree on the path to being a professional storyteller? Is oh, by I, telling stories. Yes, I totally agree. That's, I mean, the example of language is great because I took language in a traditional public high school and I couldn't speak any French by the time I was a senior in, in high school. I, I, it was terrible. I'm like, how are they, what is going on here? Like there's something that's not making sense in the way that they're teaching this. Mm. And I absolutely believe learn by doing is the key. You have to just dive in and do it and figure it out. And so that's the case with making videos. Like when people ask me how to get started on YouTube, I'm like, make videos and post them. Just go do it and learn as you go. You'll figure it out. But it takes reps. Anything just takes reps and practice. Mm -hmm. So actually, on that note, real quick, let's talk about your journey as a video creator, because for me, in the beginning part, I had to overcome my own fear of, you know, inadequacy or whatever, unskillfulness mm -hmm. to even make videos. And then I, at some point I get comfortable, then it's about volume. Mm -hmm. And these days I think about quality, mm -hmm. right? Do you think that's an evolution or can they skip all that and just go directly to quality from day one? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think you got to make some bad stuff before you start making good stuff. I made some pretty bad videos for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay. So let's rites of passage. Okay, good. Okay. So you agree. So let me ask you this. Do you keep your best stuff or do you, you know, I took down all my best stuff. Cause well, I'm personally I can't like, oh, access my I'm YouTube a... channel with my videos from high school. So they're out there. I can't get into the account. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So if I, you know, Google's sky Cohen, uh, I'll be able to find them. I had a, yeah, I had a talk show in high school and with my friends, Katarina uh -huh. and, um, they're terrible and hilarious. Uh -huh. And they exist on the internet because I, I don't know how to get them down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. When you watch your younger self doing this, the natural yeah. reaction is cringing. Now for right. me, for me, I look at my youngest stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, I, like, <laughs> I still cringe at myself now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So how do you react to that? Do you bring compassion to a younger self? Do you bring gratitude? Do you bring generosity? How do you just like be a little bit more compassionate about the things that you make in a public That's way? That's a good question. Honestly, I'm like, whatever. That's whatever. Like, <laughs> I just totally dismiss it. I'm like, it. ah. It is what it is. Moving on. Moving yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Onwards and upwards. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Okay, okay. Hmm. Um, because you, you talk to other creators as well. Uh, I'm assuming this yeah. is not a uncommon response to stuff they made earlier. How do other people, creators, right? The 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 oh, what's the word I'm looking for? more seasoned creators deal with their younger creations. I Same think thing? 
well, I think some of the best creators that I have mm-hmm. talked to and listened to, they only see the past as a learning experience and mm-hmm. they're really not focused on that. They're focused on how can I make the best video now? Mm-hmm. What's next? How can I make this next video the best it can be and just mm-hmm. take all the learning? But I don't really think they're dwelling on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got yeah. it. And And regarding how you relate to your art, which is video throughput. Um, do you see it as I'm here to serve my audience? So that's one way to look at it. Or do you see it as, hey, I'm just, I'm just journaling my life. So this is my journal, but in a public way. Mm-hmm. Or do you see it as like a highly pro- produced thing that cre- that portrays a, 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 a avatar, an archetype? That guy in the video is not you, right? Kind of like Beyonce and, and uh, Sasha Fierce, as an example. It's it's okay. an aspect of her, but that's not who she is, kind of a thing. So how do you relate to the artwork that you make, given that you're in the main character in your art? Yeah, I think it's all of those things combined. Mm. Because first and foremost, 100%, I am serving the audience. Because there would be no video without the viewer. And I have an amazing community. I deeply connect to them. I have a discord with them. I'm talking to them. We do calls. Like I'm like friends with a lot of the people that watch my content. But then beyond that, like I'm making the video for someone on the other end to view it and then be impacted by it. Mm. And whatever their experience is, is not up to me to decide. But mm. I'm going to do my best to share something that's honest and then let them honestly decide how they receive it. So that's definitely a huge part of it. And then, of course, it's, I think, first and foremost, like before we can serve anyone, we have to serve ourselves. And Mm. this is a process for me that is deeply fulfilling. So I am absolutely serving myself and fulfilling my desires through creating these videos. And then it's a reciprocal relationship with the audience where they get to receive what I've received and we get to exchange energy in that way. And then I'm definitely myself in videos, but there is a level of, there's an archetype involved that's just likes to have fun. It's just Mm -hmm. a character that is me, but I get to decide in that video, like how do I want to be and express myself and, and I can have a honest experience of expression, but it's going to be dependent on, where I'm at in my life and what day I'm having and mm-hmm. and how I want to show up in the video based on the topic or the person I'm interviewing. So there's definitely a level of character and archetype that comes in too. Mm. Do you mind double clicking on that a little bit? Because mm-hmm. the question of being authentic, your authentic sure. voice comes up a lot, especially in a public persona like, like yourself. You know, be more authentic is what people usually say, but be, authenticity is contextual. It depends on where you are of the day, the environment, the, the subject, whoever you interact with. So, so I think it's worthwhile to double click on the art of being authentic, of, of being that archetypal energy in the art form that you create. I like that double click. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, hmm. I think for me, it really is a practice of honesty. How radically honest can I be? 
and that's not always comfortable. Um, and there's so many like things that are involved in how we express honestly. Um, so that's a big part of it. And again, I think it's just it now for me, it's, I'm comfortable with having a camera following me doing something or me vlogging it. Cause I've done it so many times, but mm. in the beginning, it is not normal to be kind of documenting mm. an experience or it's not normal to have a camera on you or to be vlogging. It's so then you get used to that camera just being a witness mm -hmm. and the more that you get used to it the more honest and authentic you can be and show up and express mm. and there is a level of okay i'm 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 creating a video and i'm presenting something and i am i'm going to show up with maybe more energy or in like a different way than i would if i'm just sitting on the couch talking to my friend like there's a mm. There's always going to be a slight difference, but mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's inauthentic again because it's just a different experience. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. I I agree hundred percent. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is the, the 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 nature of this question is how do we authentically be a part of ourselves versus a projection of what we want the world to see. And to me, that's yep you know, very nuanced and very delicate because, you know, in, when the camera is on, I'm a little bit louder. <laughs> I right. enunciate a little bit more, right? I'm a little bit more energized versus, you know, cameras off and I'm just speak normal. Maybe I mumble a little bit. Who knows? Right, right. <laughs> so, um, and, and when you think about a role or, or a character to your audience, is it like a friend? Is it like a guru? Is it like a big sister or a little sister? What do you think about a professional shaman? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you, who are you when you're, you know, to your relationship to your audience? Oh my God. I am a guru. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some, some people not. present Absolutely themselves as not. such, right? Sock guru is such a, you know, Tony Robbins. Right, you know, right, right. level, you know. Yeah, I think a, a full-blown uh, cult leader. Yeah? yeah i'm kidding i'm kidding um no we always joke i i make so many cult jokes because in the spiritual community it is a definite thing that goes on um but i think it's really dependent again it's whoever is receiving the content they're going to decide what relationship because they're receiving it and then it's when i get into for example, in my community discord or on calls with people or like we're jamming on an idea. I get ideas from my community all the time. It's more of a friendship, I think, than anything, because these are people that I would probably be friends with in real life that I am a lot of them now friends with in real life. Like I just did a video where I went on an adventure with one of my subscribers who I've been I've known for over a year on the Internet. But we mm. go on this adventure together and this is something that he, an idea that he brought to me. It's an idea I kind of had. It, it was an event. It was the Rainbow Family Gathering. And I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years. But he came to me saying, it's the 50th anniversary. I want to go. I've been wanting to go for 30 years. Let's go. 
He's 71, such a legend. Oh, wow. OG That's hippie. Awesome. He's like unbelievable person. <laughs> OG hippie. That no, should be a t-shirt there. OG hippie. I know, right? And he was in like Osho's it. cult back in the day. Like he has That's awesome. crazy stories. So he wanted to go. He brought me the idea and we made it happen and we went. And it was so fun. And this man is just like a sweetheart and now a dear friend. And I've done other videos I'm trying to think like I haven't done a ton with subscribers, but like I've done definitely other videos where I'm meeting people and like bringing them into the adventures. And these are humans that I am now actually friends with. Oh, yeah. At Unleashed, like there was a whole group of people from my community there and we all were partying together, sober partying. It was a sober um, experience and it was so fun. Um, But yeah, like they're like they're friends that's the way I, the relationship that I would say, but then there is a boundary. Like you can't be friends with like thousands of people. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. So yeah. let's talk about that for a moment. Right. Because right. Uh, I'm assuming you have may do you have, have you heard thousand true fans by Kevin Kelly? Yes. yes. Okay, great. So a thousand true fans uh, and the way you describe them sounds like a true fan to me. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? Right. What's your definition of a true fan, by the way? Um, true fan i mean i think true fan is they're excited about pretty much most things that you create and they want to be involved Mm -hmm. and support however they can yeah 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 awesome so so for someone again speaking to the younger sky who Uh you know is a little insecure about her creation who isn't sure about uh whether or not this stuff she creates would resonate with people this is super young sky What would you say to her now that you have a community of true fans who just loves everything that you put out, who wants to travel with you, who wants to party with you, who wants to, you know, heed the recommendation of Sky's adventures? What would right. you say to that Sky who is unsure about, you know, her her possible true fan, mm-hmm. you know, base? I would just tell her to really trust herself because it will lead to really supporting a lot of people. And the same way they want to hang out with me. I want to hang out with them. These people are so cool. Rich was in Osho's cult. Are you kidding me? I'm like, I want to hang out with you. Let's go on an adventure. <laughs> they're so fun. All of these, the people that watch my videos are like, uh, like they're, they're people that I would be friends with in real life that now it's evolved to that in some capacity. Right. So um, I would just tell her like, trust trust yourself trust your expression trust what you're doing because it will lead to really impacting people and that's what i've seen and it's the biggest gift because that's really what it comes down to is why i keep going is because of how people have been impacted Mm. by the videos it's it blows my mind like to Mm. see the actual tangible changes in people's lives that they share with me it's crazy Mm. and then the community is so beyond me it's not like me i'm the leader and it's it it has to exist only with me leading like it's not that at all because the community itself is it's on taking on its a life of its own and they're all supporting each other and i don't even need to be there and they're supporting each other it's beautiful mm. so let's talk about that journey from no fan to lots of true fans okay mm-hmm. uh, knowing what you know today when would you start the discord the patreon the 
you know, the, the, the energetic exchange of paying you money or, you know, things like that, or, you know, getting a sponsor, knowing what you know today, what would you advise the younger sky on when to turn on what? I think that I, I am happy with how I did it because I did mm -hmm. it in timing that I didn't feel like I rushed it. The discord really was something that, I mean, I could have done that earlier because I didn't realize how much it would actually impact people. And it was so called for and needed, but I think it was in really good timing. Everything happens. And I would say that oh, like what I've done is really listen to the community and what they want. So only do things when you know that that's what your, your audience, your true fans, your community actually desires and then mm. deliver on that. Um, listen to them. Like I have an understanding of what they want. So mm. I'm doing my first retreat. How did you do that? How did you know what they want? Again, you, 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 okay, hold on though. Hold on. Yeah. You, you make it sound obvious, but the, right, you know, right. think, think about the younger skies, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who's a beginner creator is not so obvious. So, right. so, so break down those pivotal moments, those ahas for the younger sky. Right. Okay. So, well, first, let's start with you're pretty much asking me when to start monetizing what you're doing, right? Yeah, uh, that's one way to say it. Yeah. Discord, mo mo I mean, you know, I guess creating like, like a offerings you know, and container. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because, for example, the Discord's com completely free, but Patreon mm -hmm. brand partnerships you asked about. So, the first thing that I did, I guess, you know, I was making money a little bit with ad sense on youtube but it was like barely enough and i was doing this on the side for two years so it was getting really challenging to keep things going i'm like i either have to do this full time or like i can't keep going <laughs> and so i knew i wanted to do it full time and i think the first brand partnership um i was a way to start monetizing and i had enough of an audience then so i think as soon as you can um it, only doing brand partnerships that are aligned is so important like I would never do something. I say no to a ton of brand deals. Um, and it has to be something that I genuinely align with. But when it comes to the other offerings, like the energetic exchange with the community is really what you're, you're asking me about and yeah. listening to them and what they want. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think in your starting, it's so important to be, listening to the comment section and responding to comments and especially on YouTube, that's a big way that you'll start to understand them. So in the first day or so of posting, I would always respond to all the comments and talk to people and just really be listening to what they like, what they don't like. And so when you started posting video uh -huh. one, you already had people commenting right away. I mean, it wasn't that much. Maybe there was actually one person. <laughs> this is so funny because I had like an old channel in college mm -hmm. that was really bad, but it was the first version of my YouTube channel. And I had one person that really liked those videos for some reason. And when I stopped <laughs> posting, he emailed me and he was like, are you going to start posting again? And that was huge because it made me realize that uh, there's one person that likes these videos. Maybe I mm. should start posting again. And then I did a whole new channel with what my current channel is now. And he, I told him when I posted my first video, 
And then he was there every week commenting. Like mm. I had one person that was excited. So I was literally like mm. just interacting with him and posting videos for him. And then I did start getting from there more like just small amounts of people coming in and whoever they were, I was so stoked to talk to them because mm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're the ones that I'm making this for essentially. So I want, of course I want to talk to them, get to know them. Mm. So uh, let me double, you know, underline that. So engage with the people that you're making this video for. And then when they engage with you, make sure you give them the TLC that, that, um, that they desire as well. I love that. For sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Keep listening to, to your community and really be constantly aware of the feedback that they're, that they're giving. And then eventually I started doing like surveys and stuff like that. Um, mm. And, do you, wait, before the yeah. survey, do you hop on a call with them? You're like, why are you watching my video? Trying to understand a little bit more of how you can help them better or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I eventually, that first person who, the first true fan really, who was watching my videos in the beginning became my research intern. That helped him get into med school. Like, it's crazy. Um, we talk all the time at that time. Now we like check in every once in a while, but yeah i would listen to their feedback for sure mm. and anytime somebody now that i meet in person i'm like i'm asking them what videos they like and why and what mm. i should do better i like it mm -hmm. and do you have like a like a beta tester group You're like these are my true fans they know the pulse of our community let me you know meet with them regularly to get better understanding of the pulse of what they desire and so forth do you do that no, that's a good idea. I should definitely do that. I like that. What's her name? Uh, Taylor Swift does that, right? Whenever she launches CDs or something like that, albums. I don't do CDs anymore. <laughs> it shows my age. Shows my age. <laughs> CDs. What's that? <laughs> when they do, when she does like launches, she would do these like VIP parties for her hardcore fans, right? Yeah. So, so that's what she does. Yep. Do you do that with your videos? Like, hey, I'm about to launch this, you know, video clip. I've done that a little bit, like asking them for um, what title and thumbnail they like. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, ideas for sure. Like we have a suggestion box mm -hmm. on the Discord where people put ideas and I'm always listening to what ideas people want. And what's interesting is it overlaps a lot where there will be consistent the same idea coming through and it's something that i was wanting to make mm -hmm. and then i'm like oh well the community wants it too great let's go do it mm. so the context on i'm hearing you do uh you, that you're saying is make content that supports your community's desire and really human beings desire these hardcore you know, true fans desire right. and also um create a container that supports their desire, whether it's Patreon or Discord or, you know, whatever the thing that's going to help them. So that way it's the ecosystem that you're cultivating. Is that an accurate reflection? Yeah. For example, I was going to say I'm doing my first retreat in January because this is a, something that they've been asking for, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't just do a retreat just to do it. But, oh my gosh, the excitement around meeting in person and doing something in person that brings them mm. the things that they see on the channel in real life. That's mm. been very exciting 
thing that they've been asking for. So I've, I'm doing it. And mm. so you, yeah. you're doing your own retreats in a, a few months in January. Yes. Oh, amazing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's an obvious yes. Right. Yeah. For your, your community of seekers. Right. So would you be the, the guru or would you be the production manager to bring the, no, um, I'm bringing in the gurus, you know? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am not the guru. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you're a cult leader, you're a cult leader. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cult leader is different than guru. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, hmm. How do you think this experience will be different? as the experience curator versus a content creator. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it is different. So how do yeah, you anticipate sure. this to be very different or only a little bit different? Oh, it's going to be so fun because I get to really create and curate an experience of a lifetime for a group of people and give that group of people so much love and attention and connection and we are going to bond in a way that's so far beyond just like bonding via a screen you know so mm. i'm so excited i think it's going to be really deep and just a lot of transformation mm -hmm. and support and mm. adventure I, I think it's going to be completely different but it's going to be so fun and I'm going to, we're going to do content too. I mean, it's going to be so fun to make content as well. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So there are the, basically the younger versions of you, they desire to be a professional seeker as well. And yeah. they're using this as a way to not only experience, but also make content. Yeah, the, I mean, the content opportunities are incredible. Like we're going to be doing the coolest shit. Of course, I'm going to documented. Well, I mean, not for you, but also for your yeah. participants. Your participants are going to make content for themselves. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, if they want to, but oh, we're going to okay. have like a videographer there, you know, and, and I don't got know it. if they they can if they want, but they don't have it. to worry about that. Got but it, I'm going to you know, make sure it gets documented for them. How do you integrate everything that you learn in your life? to be this, I don't even know what's, what's the goal, the ultimate enlightenment, like Samadhi at all times, or how do you integrate everything that you learn in all of these peak experiences? I don't think I'll ever get to pure enlightenment Samadhi at all times. I don't even know what that is. Like, uh -huh. I have no clue. After all this time of seeking, I'm like, what the fuck is enlightenment? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Like you're asking somebody who's literally just trying to figure it out and mm. i don't feel like i know anything mm. but but you must i mean do you integrate after oh, let's say yeah. the peak experience right so yeah. as you when you finish a peak experience mm -hmm. what do you do after you get home other than editing journaling lots of journaling um and uh -huh. i try and the biggest thing with integration is taking the lessons and the insights that you've gained and applying them in every yeah. moment. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. So it's bringing awareness to every single moment and how can I apply this lesson? And that's true integration. Yes. So that's, uh, you know, with the darkness, for example, I mean, 
that integration has been really interesting because I'm constantly coming back to what I learned in the dark being like, okay, how can I apply the downloads that came through? How can I actually practice this? How can I bring awareness to every single moment and how I am integrating with all of the things that I, I felt Mm. The, the clarity that I felt. Um, and yeah, that's easier said than done. It's not easy because we have so many things to, to distract us from, from it. Well, hence the question of integration practices because uh, I'm big on plant medicine. So I experience a lot of plant medicine. I don't know if you know about that about me. <clears throat> and I've seen a lot of people that experience the afterglow of transformational experience mm -hmm. and their first reaction is yeah i got you know pure love collective consciousness and all that and and then and then they say i'm gonna be constantly aware from now on mm -hmm. and but then you know after two weeks the the afterglow fades because there's no intention in cultivating a practice yeah. You know, this time, it, you know, I'm going to sit down and doing this thing yeah. or with, well, with this person, hence the question of integration per se. So, right. I mean, well, there are practices that I do consistently that I think that allow me to bring forward some of that integration, but it changes. It's like how when you are an athlete, you need to do new workouts to constantly challenge your body in new ways. I think that's how I view spiritual practice and mm. mental health is I'm not going to do the same meditation every day for like three years. I'm going to switch it up and try a different technique. Sometimes mm. I'm going to be focused on doing affirmations or that's what I'm, I'm on right now is trying mirror affirmations, which isn't something I've really tried before. And it just felt called to do that right now. Um mm. And I think it's it's unrealistic to say, okay, every single day I'm going to do meditation and mirror affirmations and journaling and uh, ice bath and this and that, like yoga, everything. Every single day I need to do all these things. I mean, that's that's tough, especially with our, these crazy lives that we're, we have and so much going on. And so just choosing to stick to one thing. Mm. Uh, and then if you get to all the other things in a day that you have more time, amazing. I mean, my yoga practice has been the most consistent part of my life mm. for the past more than, let's see, how many years? Like 13 years. Okay. Yoga mm. is the hands down most consistent thing that I do regularly that allows me to develop deeper awareness. And that pr the, the practice on my map is incomparable so great I, I love that so let's let's drill in on that uh which teacher which book what kind of yoga practice because we want to get people to be tactical right so if you can mm -hmm. guide them point them towards the direction that does really help you right that would be something that's actionable for whoever is listening right well i've tried all different types of yoga because again yoga is such mm -hmm. a huge umbrella so many different lineages and practices and so the same way i was mentioning that it's good to switch up your workout and try mm -hmm. one day you do hit one day you do more recovery one day you're going to run do cardio 
like I've tried a lot of different types of yoga, but this, the, the form that I come back to is I love, I love hot power yoga mm-hmm. because there's something that happens when you're in that discomfort on the mat that you just train yourself how to be with discomfort in life. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite. I love bhakti yoga too. Bhakti yoga with chanting mantras, singing mantras is huge for me. Um, mm. But I've tried Kundalini. Kundalini was crazy. I've tried, um, yeah, a lot of different types. Like more. When the- you say crazy, what does that mean for you? By the way, crazy awesome or crazy crazy? <laughs> crazy in all the ways. I mean. <laughs> Kundalini yoga is absolutely nuts. I went through a whole experience trying Kundalini yoga 40 days straight for a video. The practice itself is, I think it's really powerful. It's really mentally challenging. It's physically and mentally challenging. It's one of those types of practices that you're just like want to quit, but you don't. And then when you get to the other side, it's so rewarding and you experience all this freedom and liberation knowing I did it. I stayed in the crazy breath pattern you know, I remember like one of the first classes I had to like do this thing with my hands and like blow through my hands for 11 minutes straight. Like, and it was so brutal and I just hated it so much when I was in it. And on the other side, I was like, wow, I did it. This is epic. But Kundalini yoga is crazy as well, because I mean, talk about cults, Kundalini yoga and Yogi Bhajan. There is a whole wild, wild story there. Vice just mm-hmm. released a documentary like a month ago that dives into it. But I, I had also done some stuff about it because when I was exploring Kundalini yoga, all of this stuff came out about the founder, Yogi Bhajan. And yeah, it's some wild stuff that has happened with that community. I don't need to get into it. Mm. Um, and this is like a theme in so many spiritual communities. There's been mm. s- tons of, cult activity and and uh abuse and um but it doesn't mean that the practices don't have value and you have to understand and and figure out like what about this practice can i take and like what can i drop and not involve myself in you know it just depends on what it is but how do you yeah how do you because when i watch your videos you had mentioned that you interview a fake um what's her name (laughs) a fake shaman or something like that yeah time ago when you yeah. interview the real um siberian shaman right 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 you right. mentioned that right so so to that point you are evangelizing these human figures and humans inevitably are frail and they have their own faults and so forth uh-huh. how do you think about you know uh hey when someone you know, like a fake shaman that you interview, like, hey, this person is actually fake, not real. Or how do you choose the ones that you do want to highlight? You know what I mean? Not a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it really comes down to, again, the curiosity thing and then being totally honest about my perspective because I could be totally wrong. But in that case, I mean, this is somebody who changed their identity multiple times and Mm. was from different places so it was pretty obvious that there were some strange things going on. And beyond that, I, I did uncover a lot of stuff I didn't actually put in the video. Um, some pretty wild things happening with like bigger web and organization and anyways. Um, mm. But that, yeah, I had, and I asked her about this and she kind of denied it on camera multiple times. So, mm. and 
I also had talked to people who had experiences and I just think it's a bunch of BS. So that's the, my honest experience. Um, mm. And yeah, I'll never, I mean, who's to say that I am right or wrong about any of these things. I, I do try and go in with an open mind, but I'm going to be honest if I mm. think somebody's full of love. Yes. Got it. <laughs> so what's the dream sky? Uh, you're doing all this, you're doing the good work, you're experiencing lots of, um beautiful journeys and communities you're building your community what's the dream is the dream be the uh what's his name that passed um oh man yeah the food show anthony, anthony bourdain. bourdain of food but in the spiritual realm or like the joe rogan's of those things yeah. so like what's the dream that sounds good i think that's a good plan yeah <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to keep going. I, I want to just make better videos. I think the dream is just to make the best videos that I can. I mean, I I have a desire to, yeah, um, make things that nobody's ever seen before. And I don't know where mm. that's going to go, but I'm going to keep keep going. I love it. And then and who do you look to in the, in the YouTube world, like Mr. Beast or someone to... Like, yeah. hey, this person are doing all the right things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I there's so many channels that I really enjoy. Um, I don't try and like mimic mm -hmm. channels because I take things from a bunch of different places mm -hmm. that I like. But I, I again, I want to make stuff that is original that like mm -hmm. you're not going to see this anywhere else. So I don't know if I can answer that question properly. So you do. <laughs> So, okay, two schools of thought, right? One school right. of thought is let me consume others and then yeah. pick and choose, you know, basically get inspired ideas from their stuff. That's one school of thought. Yeah. Another school of thought is, hey, I'm Gary V, great example. He just, I, I don't watch anyone's anything, just gonna be me. So right. that's that school of thought. Where are you in that spectrum? I love consuming content and yeah, but, but I'm not trying to mimic anyone with the stuff that I make. Yeah. So I'm going to take just by default of consuming content and having that in my brain and the running in the background, all yeah. these different things that I admire and all these styles I admire will somehow come through and what the piece of video that I'm making, but yeah. I don't really try and like, okay, I'm going to do it like how they're doing it. Yeah. 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 Hey, Sky, um, I really, really appreciate you sharing your journey and doing what you do. Uh, yeah, our common friend described you as a badass, you know, creator, a badass woman. Uh, you, you know who it is. So, uh, and and that's, that's my experience of you as well. I really appreciate just how you live your life, you know, being a seeker in such a fearless, courageous way. And then, you know, you're helping people uh, finding modalities that's going to help them improve their life. You're telling the stories of these practitioners and wisdom keepers and how to live longer, live a happier life, whether it's, you know, through whatever modalities, however extraordinary it may be. I really, really appreciate you. Thank you for the work that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you too. I'm so glad that we got to do this and this was so much fun. And I love talking to you. Even our conversation that we had at Aniwa off camera was just so fun. So I'm excited to continue 
continue talking as fellow seekers. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have similar path. Yeah. All right. With that being said, um, yeah, guys, go go to YouTube and follow Sky. What's your Sky Life? Sky Life. That's right. Sky Life. Okay. Until we see each other again.